0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Beautiful Beautiflicious Podcast. I'm Lindsay,
1: and I'm Chantel. We're so excited to share with you some inspiring stories.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode.
2: Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid. All right.
0: Well, welcome Jessica, my friend Jessica Chase. Um Thank I'm so excited you. to have her here today. She mm-hmm. I actually went to high school with Jessica, so that's how we know each other from back in the day. But we reconnected at our 15-year high school reunion. Yeah. And Go hawks. Yes. <laughs> Go out the hawks. Yeah. And um funny, like, I think we sat across from each other at that table. Do you remember that? And mm-hmm. I was like, I just thought you were the coolest person, and then we connected on social media, and since then I mean, I love everything that you share and you and your family are just so active and fun. And then I saw that she recently, I mean, sort of recently started her own business. So I'm like, mm-hmm. we have to have Jessica on our podcast. So oh, super you. excited to have you here with yeah, us. Yeah. And our
3: girls go to gymnastics. Oh, center. that's right. And then
0: plus on top of that, yeah, we randomly are sitting next to each other in gymnastics one day. And so we've had a lot of, ch- I mean, quite a few chances to chat over the last year. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So she's just one super of those people awesome. that like is, I mean, so outgoing and fun, but so smart. And so anyway, we just feel super lucky to have you here. You're so kind. Thanks for taking the time. I feel the same about you. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read Jessica's bio she provided us. So Jessica is a mom of three beautiful kids and has been married to her husband for 15 years. She grew up in Utah and graduated from Alta High School and then went to Westminster College where she earned her undergraduate degree and then her MBA. Jessica worked in advertising for 18 years on the agency side, the client side, and the affiliate side. She now owns an agency called Above the Fold. It's at getabovethefold.com that specializes in programmatic. Programmatic? Can you say that word for me? It's programmatic advertising. Okay. I had to look that up. I know. And when I... (laughs) But what's (laughs) funny is
1: I went to look it up and then I was like, oh, she actually tells me what it is right here. Yeah. (laughs) Right next. Yeah.
0: But last night I was like trying to say it and I'm like, it could go either way. So I don't know. I'll just ask you. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Which means they help advertisers run highly targeted ads across streaming TV streaming radio computers tablets and mobile devices so super cool um Jessica is a Christian and loves the study of religion meditation and spirituality she also is a huge fan of reggae music and loves the theme that runs through reggae positivity peace unity and love which I love that you ended on that because that is like who you are to me that all those things so works I'm just excited to get yeah. to know you because I've heard tons of stuff from Lindsay and yeah I do think like just even the few minutes well
1: We've been talking for quite a while because we had some technical difficulties. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, you are so like, yeah, very
0: smart, very personable, very friendly. Thank you for being generous with your time. We appreciate it. And Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, we would love for you to start off with like a fun little fact or story or something to like help us get to know you a little bit better.
3: For sure. Yeah. Um, since this is the Beautiful Shifts podcast, mm-hmm. I figured I would kind of start out with a story um, where I had a beautiful shift in my childhood. And so when I was a kid, I was about 15 and, um, I had kind of been pretty athletic at that time. I was playing basketball for junior high at the time. And I played soccer, was really into dance. And, um, I made a really terrible decision. I snuck out in the middle of the night (sighs) to go meet some friends. And it was like, Literally midnight, one in the morning. And I had, I used to do speed skating because, like, in the 90s, rollerblading was a big deal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We all used to go to classic skating. It was the best. And we had the half pipe there. And, you know, we were all really just had a lot of courage. And we would go, Mm -hmm. I would speed skate downhills all the time on my rollerblades. And I would go on the half pipe all the time. Um, But I had never done it at night. In the middle yeah. of the night. And so I snuck out in the middle of the night and went rollerblading down Wasatch Boulevard. You know where that is? <laughs> um, kind of by Hidden Valley Golf Course. Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, that's where I grew up. I just, I literally saw sparks coming out of my rollerblades. Like that's how fast I was. And I hit something at the bottom of the hill. I don't know if it was a street sign, a fence. Um, I don't know because I blacked out. Oh, and wow. then when I, when I snapped out of it... I tried to stand up and my leg just started like spurting blood because I had a compound fracture. So my, my bone like literally came out of my leg and I was dying of blood loss on the side of the road at one in the morning. Did you
0: have friends with you or were you alone?
3: I was completely alone. There were no cell phones. I had a pager at the time because we were in the nineties. And so I was like going to army crawl to a house right next where I was because I was on a busy street, but it was one in the morning. So so there wasn't a lot of of traffic, but... I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it to this house, because I was bleeding to death. Um, so I was like, I just started waving my arms, and uh, this young kid pulled over on the side of the road. Luckily, he had a cell phone, because oh, this was like 1999 at this time, but that was right. very, yeah, and new, he had like a Nokia cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> and he called 911 for me, oh, and wow. I was like, apply pressure. Like, I had a sweatshirt around my waist, because oh. um, I knew. Yes, I was you, I was dying of blood loss. He called nine one one. We got people there, and you know, I went to Altaview Hospital. Was you know they didn't know how to fix it because I mean this is you know quite a long time ago. Like you don't think it's that long ago, but nineteen ninety nine was
2: quite 20, a while ago. They didn't really not know how in to fix a shattered <laughs> leg
3: compound fracture, so oh. they left me bleeding on a table at Altaview Hospital for quite a while. They were gonna put like a metal plate in my leg but then eventually they transferred me to primary children's um, I love that hospital I'm so grateful for that hospital yeah. that's why I do a lot of service work hospital it's is totally because they it. saved my life they I saved family. my son's
1: life as well so I will agree yeah, that yeah. to that it's well. an
3: amazing place <laughs> yeah. like we're so lucky to have that yeah hospital right here Utah. and they did three surgeries reconstructive and they ended up using a technology called an external fixator, which is like a halo, you know, the halos that you see around kids' heads. They're like pins. Um, and they, they use two external fixators, which basically had my bone form between the two external fixators. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it was amazing technology, but it was, it was a beautiful shift because it was a near death experience when Mm. I was 15 years old. Um, and so I did have to kind of start Leaning more towards academics than, you know, uh, basketball and, you know, dance and some of the other things that I was doing. You know, I just ended up hanging out with a completely different group of people. Mm -hmm. I think my mindset changed. I mean, I was just kind of a punk teenager (laughs) and I just totally turned into a different person. Mm -hmm. An experience, you know, and I started high school late um, because I was on. You know, crutches, and I was in the hospital for a long time, and so I think it helped me like get a like meet new people because I had a conversation piece, which was crutches and I was on crutches my whole sophomore year you know i I became friends with like a lot of different crowds and a lot of different groups of people because I had a conversation piece, which was natural Like what so just talked to a lot of different <laughs> yeah. people. And so I didn't really like belong to like one crowd necessarily, right. um, <laughs> friends with everyone because I also, I had that near death experience to just kind of be like, why is that necessary? Mm. And then also like, I don't know, I just naturally kind of became friends with everybody because I had that conversation piece. But, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'm sure you had a new perspective on wow. so many things. I think it made me like... Just a more positive person and just, I think near-death experiences, fine, do that to everybody. Well, at a young age, you probably felt, I mean, it was probably so hard because you had to give up
0: things that you loved, but also that gratitude that you were okay. Yeah, Yeah, you lived through that. So, wow, that's big and going from a teenager that snuck out in the middle of the night, which I did that when I was 15 too. Why do we do that? I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's I a 15 year old thing. I
1: don't know. Did but things like that. Oh, my you goodness. want to feel a little bit rebellious. Yeah. Right? It's like just crazy. Cause I snuck out and rode rollerblades down a big main street in oh. Tooele where I grew up. Like, Wow, that could have so happen to anybody. Yes. Yeah. Like an accident. Like oh, that, yeah.
0: So. Well, and it's kind of amazing it doesn't happen more because I actually rollerbladed down Wasatch Boulevard too. It was a dare. It wasn't in the middle of the night, though, so <laughs> oh, I was okay. My but when you said that, I'm like, are we oh, the same person? You've oh, done it.
3: <laughs> you've done it. Before. I did it.
0: Yeah. And I had it on camera. I think my mom probably has it somewhere.
3: <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of people have long worded down that. Hill. Yeah. It was kind
0: of like a theme yeah. for some reason. It was. It was like a bucket list as a kid, but. Yeah, I think we were
3: all just kind of daredevils.
0: Yeah, well, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. That's like a really difficult and hard thing, but it is a beautiful shift. So I love starting it off with that. Yeah, I love that story. Thanks for sharing that. Just
1: maybe a little background about you. I mean, we read your bio, but um, where'd you grow up? And is there anything that stands out formative to you? I mean, obviously that was um, your accident, but um, in your growing up years.
3: Yeah, and in my formative years, you know, that was definitely a big deal um I've grown up in Utah my whole life and even though I was LDS myself I do feel like growing up in a predominantly LDS place it was a little challenging and you wouldn't think that because I was LDS but my parents divorced when I was little when I was three and my stepdad was Episcopalian, and so because I was a little different um I was treated different, you know, my family wasn't all LDS and so, and they were divorced. And so Mm. even though I was LDS, I was going to church every weekend and, um, I was part of the ward and I was baptized and everything. I was always treated differently and, and that always really bothered me, you know? And so I think I've always been the type of person to be really inclusive, make sure that my kids are inclusive, Make sure that they really understand um, all different types of religions and just, you know, treat them with respect and just treat everybody's kind of background with respect, too, just because that's how my formative years were, you know? Right, that's very interesting. I think because my stepdad was Episcopalian, she took me to like the Christian church, she took me to the Catholic church, she took me to the Unitarian church, like she took me to all the churches growing up, and I think it's because of that. Because she noticed I was kind of being treated differently because of what was going on. So I think she was like, "Oh well, you know, there is there's beauty in all of it, yeah. you know." And so That's really I, I feel cool. kind of grateful that oh yeah, my mom did that for me because yeah. it helps me just like be a little bit more understanding of a lot oh, of for sure. religions yeah. and cultures and
0: and at a young age to understand because I think because we do live in this bubble and especially if you are LDS, you just assume the whole world is LDS. Yes. So to be able to go to other churches and see, oh, there's other belief systems, and maybe some people that don't even go to church, and that's okay too, yeah. and people that do, and different ways to believe. But it's, I think it's really hard for our kids living here to see that. And I try to explain that to my kids. Actually, Utah is very unique this way, you mm-hmm. know. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, I guess, as they get older, they'll understand more. But I don't think I, I even still fully understand it because I've always lived in Utah. So I'm envious of, you know, it's... It's interesting, but... Right. And yeah. really, that's really awesome of your mom to give you that yeah. experience and yeah. kind of notice
1: like, oh, let's, you know, mm-hmm. widen, you know, your perspective. Yeah. yeah that that's I'm cool. super grateful that yeah. she did that for me that's as a awesome. kid.
3: Yeah. Did you have siblings? I did. Oh, okay. I'm like a typical Utah person. I have four <laughs> brothers, oh, two wow. sisters. Oh, oh, wow. That's big a big family. I'm in the very middle. So, oh, cool. Yeah. And they span, um, like... 25 oh, years. Wow. Like, so my oldest brother is like 12 years older than me. And then my youngest brother is like 12 years younger than me. A little wow. Yeah. It's fun. I love yeah. being in a big family. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: It's, that's really fun.
3: Cool. Awesome.
1: Awesome. And then where, is there anything else about your growing up or childhood? I think it's cool. I mean, what you're saying about this accident, I and mean, just knowing you, what your transition is coming up with your business. Like you became more of a academic did you know you're interested in a certain type of a you know like subject? Yeah, yeah
3: like in then. high yeah. school or college
1: like we already like i already kind of know way yeah, back yeah like
3: in it's really funny actually Well, after the rollerblading accident i i started liking journalism in junior high they had a newspaper in junior high i went to indian hills oh yeah middle school and then uh at alta high they had a pretty serious newspaper like you wouldn't think it was serious but it was pretty serious and you know the competition to become the editor-in-chief was very serious to the point where um when I applied to be the editor-in-chief in in my senior year they chose three editor-in-chiefs oh (laughs) Oh, that's because we had like 800 to a thousand people in our graduating class and so they didn't they felt like they needed to choose three people to have the opportunity Totally. And so I was one of three editor-in-chiefs of the, okay. the newspaper. That's awesome. When you said Alta. that, I was
0: like, you did the newspaper. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just
3: remembered that as yes. you were saying it. I had forgotten that. So that's so cool. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a journalist, like for sure. Yeah. I'm going to college to be a journalist. And so I went to Westminster, got my commu- I majored in communication, and I was the editor-in-chief of the paper there. Oh, as wow. Well, so at Westminster uh, for two years. So I actually had to teach a class. And I was basically a professor and I was responsible for 20, you know, 30 people in the class and how the class worked was like, I was responsible for making them write articles Mm -hmm. weekly and, you know, making, calling them every week, like, Hey, we're responsible for putting a paper out. Like this isn't just a class. Right. Like we're putting a newspaper out every week. And so for some of the people who you know, don't really get their work in on time or whatever it is, I was, I, yeah, I had to be the boss and be yeah. like, you know, and we had to design the whole thing. We had to take all the pictures and we wow. had to go to all the events on campus and we had to brainstorm about what articles we were going to write. And so it was a pretty cool. serious. And that probably
1: like gave you so many skills for this, you yeah. know, your oh, future totally. endeavors yeah. being Absolutely. in charge. And that's, that's awesome. so impressive. Lots of
3: responsibility yeah. and and fun. But journalism, you know, is kind of unfortunately a dying art. Um, and so I thought about writing for the Salt Lake Tribune. And I, I mean, I during college, I was working for 1-800-CONTACTS in the marketing department. Um, I I'd got a marketing administrative assistant position. I was working for the vice president of marketing. And so I was kind of veering towards a marketing role. And so when I graduated with my undergraduate degree, it was either, I got offered a position in marketing. My VP of marketing was like, you choose what you want to do. That's awesome. And that's kind of like, that never happens. Yeah. It was an insane opportunity to choose what I wanted to do in a marketing department. He let me decide. And I was like, okay, well, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So it's like, I got to decide if I'm going to go write for the Tribune which is a dying art, but it's something that I really love or continue following this marketing passion that I've been doing and really choose whatever job I want to do Yeah, and kind of have that take off. So I ended up going the marketing route and working in the affiliate marketing space, which is people kind of think it's influencers now. Ever since social media came out, you know, everybody has an Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And so that's an influencer, but when I was in affiliate marketing, it was more of like a mommy blog or like um, a coupon blog. And so there could have been like 3,500 people who had like a blog and they were producing content. Um, whereas now it's like hundreds of thousands of influencers, right? Mm-hmm. right? But they all have their own page. So, right. Yeah. It's oh, interesting. Kind okay. of morphed. Yeah. That's what I was in when I first got in my marketing career as affiliate okay. marketing. At at there at one eight hundred contacts. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah. All right.
0: Awesome, awesome. Where are you out
1: now? You're married, kids? Yeah. Live in Utah I, um,
3: I was born in Cottonwood Heights and then my parents moved to Sandy when I was about seven. And then um, my husband and I built a house in Draper about five years ago. Well, I'm glad you're close because that's how we reconnected.
0: It's tumbling and... Me too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So we just wanted to kind of talk about your transition now. So what was going on in your life at the time, um, like when you decided to start this company on your own and, you know, were you still at 1-800-CONTACTS? Had you, you know, yeah. Just tell us more about this.
3: Yeah. No, I wasn't at 1-800-CONTACTS. I had worked there for eight years. Okay. and I actually, the VP of marketing that I worked for, he actually shot himself. Oh, wow. Um. And it, it was a very hard experience. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, and so, if we're talking about beautiful shifts, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he was a father figure to me. And um, that kind of forced a beautiful shift for me because I was oh, yeah. like, I... Now I'm so hugely passionate about suicide prevention and mental health. and um he was he was a huge mentor for me. He was a huge mentor for a lot of people. So it was really, really hard to leave one yeah. eight hundred contacts because I'd been there for eight years. And he, I had so many friends there. They had done so much for me. I mean, they I did my, undergrad degree there I did my MBA there they gave me tuition reimbursement I mean it is one of the best places to work in Utah like you'll look it up they're still one of the best places in Utah to work mm. but because my mentor and father figure
2: you yes. know had
3: passed away I just was like I can't stay here anymore and um so I ended up going I was still working in affiliate marketing and I worked I decided to go on the affiliate side -hmm. So, there was a company called Access Development that did cash back on like Zion's Bank. You know how with Zion's Bank, you get cash back on your credit card? Um, I worked there and um, I would work with like Target, Office Depot, um, 1 800 contacts on the client or on the affiliate side. Mm -hmm. I would work with the clients to get negotiate discounts or cash back for different credit cards, or like they worked with all the educators across the U.S. So I would negotiate discounts for them. And so I worked on the affiliate side for a while. Then I decided I kind of wanted a different type of marketing. So I started working for an agency called Rakuten, which is an international marketing agency based out of Japan. Mm. You've probably seen their ads on, like, the Super Bowl. They do, like, cash back as well. Um, If you buy different products, like, during the holidays, they'll send you a check, cash back. So they actually ran programmatic ads for people at the time. And and, um, I worked there for eight years. Hmm. And then I just, you know, I felt like I was starting to have kids. And, um, you know, it's hard to be a working mom. And not only that, it's hard to be a female working in corporate environments. And I just, like, felt like I kept hitting, like, the glass ceiling. And I felt like I just... Like, I'm just like a super achiever. Like, I want to just surpass my goals all the time. And I was also like trying to find the balance of being a mom. Like, I think I had maybe two kids at that time. And I was just like telling, you know, the corporate environments, like, I can't really be in the office 24-7. Like, it was just really hard to balance everything. And I was still hitting my goals. But I just like felt like going into the office was just too hard and they were working with me. They were like, yeah, you know, you can work from home. You can just come in like two days a week if you want. But I just felt like there was just like something pulling me, like a beautiful shift was calling my name. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I just, I'd studied entrepreneurship at Westminster. Like I got my MBA, like at a super young age and I always wanted to start my own business. And, um, so I, I just knew something was, you know, calling me, but I decided to just leave and like go work in a different, um, company for a while to see if, if that was what I wanted to do. And it was like a hundred percent work from home. So I'm like, maybe I just need a hundred percent work from home. Maybe that's what's calling my name. And then I'm like, well, maybe I want to be a stay at home mom. And so tried that for a little bit. And honestly, So respect work at home moms, but it's just not for me. Like I love my children. Like being a mother is the best thing I've ever done with my life, but I just need a little bit more mental stimulation. And so I just, I love working. Like I just love, I love being able to contribute like financially to my home and our financial goals. And so I was like, okay, it's either staying at home with the kids or starting something on my own. So I was like, hey, I can I feel like I can do this. Like I know that I I have skills that I can turn into, you know, some kind of business. And so yeah, yeah, I mean that's what I did. I shifted and uh started my own company. That's so cool. cool. Yeah. And when was that? I'm trying to remember the timeline. So I was a partner at another agency for a while. Okay. And so that was kind of another, that was like a good like step into a hundred percent like starting my own thing. But okay. I was like a, a a partner, which means like a co-founder of another company. Okay. Um, for a few years. And that like helped me really understand like hey, this is how I do this, this is how I build this business. Um, and then this particular business, get above the was started. Almost two years ago. It'll be two years um, at the end of October. Okay. Nice. So, yeah. I think it's cool. Like,
1: you know, there's different types of transitions, one that you choose on your own and some that are chosen for you because of circumstances. But it seems like it was a little bit of both for you. Like, you know, having your accident, okay, so sh- like shifting to academics, and then having your, you know, mentor pass away, okay, I'm shifting to a new company. Mm-hmm. And then having just being a woman in the corporate you know, it's like, okay, wait, I can just stay here and never really get anywhere or be able to keep achieving my goals because I'm kind of stuck. So I'm going to make this decision to try this. And then although you probably learned being a co-founder set you up for, okay, I actually have the confidence and the know-how to start my own. Mm -hmm. Like it's a cool progression just to see your like life progression that way with the different shifts with something pushing you a little, but also it being your choice to have to like, move to that next step or change your direction or yeah. whatever it's awesome
3: it is it is and it, honestly that sounds really beautiful it <laughs> was probably
1: yeah, really hard it's also been oh, a lot of sure. pain yeah and i think that's where you find through the beauty is looking back yeah. <laughs> yeah when
0: you can look back and be through the hard hardest parts of it right well and it's cool because those things that you didn't choose probably prepared you for the one that you did choose you know that's for what sure. i was thinking about too where we don't want a lot of the transitions and beautiful shifts I mean looking back we can call them beautiful and we, shifts. I just say we, yeah in the moment yes. they probably are just shifts I mean yeah. even just
1: like changes or hard yeah. or I, I
3: mean, mean the shifts that happened to me like think about yeah, yeah like, I mean yeah you're I almost, died. almost dying my friend who died, I loved more than anything died right you know yeah. like it's you know it's hard to find the beauty in these really tough times yeah but it ends up it really does end up turning into beautiful things. Yeah. You no, know,
1: it's funny. I just I'm gonna read this because I was just telling her about this quote by yes, Helen Keller, it. who it was so good. Who is amazing. Helen Keller is amazing. Um, Some of that is suffering, like suffering through almost dying, suffering through the rehab and getting your leg. Life is just full of it sometimes, but we don't. In the moment, it's just hard, and we, you know. But she said, although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of the overcoming of it Absolutely. and i think that's where we find the beauty the suffering Absolutely. isn't necessarily beautiful but it's the yeah. overcoming the suffering becomes yeah beautiful. for sure for sure. And and like well.
0: the lessons and i don't know gratitude and and that's it i actually think you're like such a good i mean just you as a person like encompass all of that so well so working on it Okay, well, what would you say was, like, the most challenging part of starting your own business and kind of going through this uncomfortable change? Because I'm sure, like we were just saying, there's a lot of challenge to it. Even though you chose this, I'm sure there was, you know, a lot of different changes you had to make in your life and different, I mean,
3: you're putting yourself out there to start your own company now. So, yeah, tell us a little more about that. I think the most challenging part, like, in the now, in the Mm -hmm. here and now, and just as we've built the business is just, like, I'm on the line for revenue. Every day, straight up, like as the CEO of the company, like I'm on the line for setting our goals and holding people accountable to the goals. And I'm on the line for HR, accounting, sales, account management, like literally everything. I'm on the line for culture. I'm on the line for like, Mm -hmm. are my employees happy today? And like, I can go on vacation and it looks like I'm having a great time (laughs) to everyone else. Your but I'm probably like, working. <laughs> Stressing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably two out of the seven days. Like straight up. Like I wouldn't. I went to Costa Rica with oh, yeah. my husband. I remember the pictures. It <laughs> <Yeah>. looked awesome. <laughs> we celebrated our 15 year <laughs> yeah. wedding anniversary. Right. right and right. and people are like, and this is why I hate about like comparison mm-hmm. on like social media and stuff because it's like. I'm not going to write on my post about Costa Rica that I worked two out of seven days. Right, right. While that's we were there. Yeah. You're not going to do know? that for your journal or no. whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, like we had so much fun in Costa Rica and I worked in the airport for seven hours on our revenue yeah. and profit for on the first of the month. You know what I mean? But like, honestly, that's entrepreneurial lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. You are on the line for revenue. You're on the line for like end of month reports you're responsible for a lot yeah. of people and their yes. livelihood and, you're responsible yeah. for everyone's livelihood and but that's also exciting yeah and I love it yeah. and how many employees fun. do you have so we have um we have like eight or so when it when you count contractors and things like that mm. but I mean we yeah. have really um ambitious growth plans as well yeah. so,
1: and yeah, so. that is, like, the responsibility of that, but also that you are, like, well, how cool is that? You're providing someone a career and an yeah. opportunity in a business that's growing, and... Yeah. But the responsibility of it is, I'm sure, stressful. All- it is.
3: Yeah. And we don't have cush benefits, and right. we don't have, like, um, you know, large salaries or, like, the infrastructures of, like, corporate environments, but what we do have is we have a fun startup lifestyle that's, like, anything can happen. Like, yeah. we could turn into this huge company any minute and so right. it's it's really fun and and it really allows us to be really creative and um it, it's just a really really fun thing to do and i'm yeah. super grateful for it
1: yeah and a cool you know i don't know what the, your employees have done before but you know that they could have shifted from a corporate environment or a job that didn't give them that opportunity to be creative and to see the growth and
3: yeah So that's
1: fun.
0: That's awesome.
3: Yeah, for sure. When you're in a corporate environment, a lot of times you're like, they want you to fit in a box. And -hmm. they're like, okay, we want you to just do account management and you only have like these clients. Hmm. And, you know, it's like, you're like, but I kind of want to do sales. But I kind of want to do like marketing and I kind of want to do. And they're like, nope, you fit in the box. And so it's, it's really fun to be able to do all of it, but it's also like, oh, you have to do all of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: I hadn't thought of that. Like at a startup and, and you're you have your hands in almost all the departments, all the roles. So yeah. that would be cool. But yeah. yeah, you've got a lot a lot on your place. So really cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well I guess it kind
1: of goes with along with it, but we just like what are some things that maybe were vulnerable? Like you had
3: to become vulnerable. For sure. Yeah. I process. mean vulnerability comes with just being the top of the business, right? You're the CEO, and so sometimes you're alone and with your thoughts, and you know you can't really like explain to everyone that that is working with you like exactly how you're feeling each day and the responsibility that you're feeling each day, and mm. you know not everyone in the business world is kind. I mean, there's a lot of like shady people out there, yeah, and you know there's people that want to do shady business deals or whatever, like, and you just kind of have to have a thick skin. You're going to get a lot of no's, but you're also yeah. going to get some yeses that are going to change your life. And like, I mean, during the pandemic, like I think everyone who owned a business in general and were, was just vulnerable. Like yeah. I, I was doing homeschool yeah. <laughs> with my kids and I was owning a business. Right. As you started it, right? Yeah. Two it was years ago. Close. Well, I Holy was, cow. I was also like a co-founder in the other company oh, right. at the time. Okay. And so okay. I was like running a team and helping people. And I mean, I would wake up at 6am and I would be working until 10pm during the pandemic because I was responsible for being homeschooling my children. Yeah. And I was responsible for running a company. And I think that was a lot of parents.
1: Yeah. Mm. Like
3: we kind of held the burden during that time. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was a vulnerable time for all of us. Like our kids were just like not experiencing life like they normally would. And, you know, I think we were all like, well, what's going to be happening with the world and the economy and, you know, whatever. And that was a very, very vulnerable time to be a business owner and a mom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You know?
0: To juggle all that, yeah. That's a lot, yeah. And I think, yeah, for the kids, too. Because we didn't know when was it going to get back to normal. I mean, no one really knew. Yeah, And I still have my kids sometimes saying, so is COVID going to come back? And
3: are they going to cancel? Yeah. And I'm like... I know. And oh, I worry ugh. that it's like... I don't know. Let's hope not. That I hope that doesn't like... I don't know. Stick with them. Like weigh on anxiety, their minds. Right. Know? It is
0: kind of interesting. I find that when they bring it up here and there, I'm like, wow. That... It was a big world shift for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like... So... And the economy, you know? Like... I mean, I think we're still starting to see the... Continuing to see the fallout from everything that happened with COVID.
3: So we're yeah. still a bit vulnerable, but... Yeah. Yeah. but you also can't live in fear, yeah like, I am yeah. not I'm not gonna just like make all my decisions based on fear and like and the life ends. goes on like right. we gotta right. teach our kids like, oh totally. life goes on, we have to be resilient and yeah you and I know. feel like decisions
1: based on fear usually don't turn out to be the good ones no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know well,
3: right.
0: well, you end up settling it. for something that maybe you wouldn't because yeah, so totally, like, yeah, I love that you brought that up with it so. Mm-hmm. I need to remember that.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's hard to remember. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, we just got to move forward and yeah. And do our best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as you're
1: going, like, I guess through the changes, I feel like you've already given so many perspectives of. I feel like we're talking obviously more more than one shift about more. Yeah. In I your love. life, a lot of yeah. different shifts that kind of led you to where you are today. So, what would you say, like, some of the perspectives that you have coming through this experience that Might be helpful to us and others. Yeah, Yeah. I would
3: just say, like, if you're going to start your own business, you just have to realize, like, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Like, Mm. I love the book Atomic Habits and just, like, books about creating habits and just being consistent. And, like, it's it's not going to be easy. Like, you have to wake up every day and look at the goals that you set for yourself and just try to hit it hard every day. Like, we set goals as a company every year at the beginning of the year. And we're constantly checking in on them. Like, are we doing a good job hitting those goals? And, I mean, there's a lot of micro goals, right? And there's goals across every part of the company. And we all have an accountability to them. And so it's my job to be like, okay, how are we doing on a regular basis? And um, I think it's easy to kind of wake up and just be like oh I give up today but it's like no I can't do that I have to wake up I have to be consistent yeah and I have to have a good mindset I have to have an abundance mindset and I have to have that like flow through the people that work for me too you know and mm-hmm. it's hard because we all have those hard days and so how, how I handle that is like I have to go on a walk or, you know, I I just really have to take care of my mental health. And I think a lot of people struggle with mental health and they're not really taking care of themselves, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And we all just really need to be cognizant of that and just make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in those ways so that we can be consistent in our lives, whether it's with like motherhood our business or whatever it is that we're working on with our goals in our life, you know? Right.
0: I'm wondering, could you tell us, I know, I know the concept of abundance mindset and I kind of, um, could try to explain it, but I feel like you could do it a lot better. And I, I don't know, like, could you share some practical tips maybe of how you do that with your business and in your home life with your kids? And I don't know, I just, I would love to hear your, your take on that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I really believe in like affirmations okay. and, yeah. um, I do them daily. Like, um, and what that is, is like an, I am statement. Like I am constantly attracting good things into my life. Right. Yeah. Whether it's prayer or like affirmations that you're putting out into the world, like, right. You know, just always believing that good things are coming to you. Yeah. Not only that, but like always being open to giving other people a piece of the pie too. Like there's. An abundance mindset is like okay, there's always room for everybody, like mm. there's always room for everybody in the if if there's like a piece of revenue or something, right? There's like maybe I have a partner, and I could bring them in on something like that's an abundance mindset versus like scarcity mindset. Right. Is like, okay. I need all of this to myself because there's not
0: enough for everyone. Yeah. Okay. I remember learning that. Right. Scarcity. Yeah. Where people kind of focus inward and it's like, it's all got to be mine. And I, right. because if I have the success, if you have it, I can't have it. Exactly. But abundance is more like we can share in this yeah. and there's enough for everyone. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Right. I love that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think my business partner was saying that they were teaching her kid about it in school and oh. they were having them do like an exercise about that's abundance really cool. mindset as so well. I, like, oh, I love how they're so starting good. to incorporate awesome. these things into school. Like I see
0: some of these handouts and things that my kids bring home and I'm like, this is amazing. I I wish I would have known more, but I think a lot of it are new concepts that are just, but it makes so much sense to me, you know? So anyway, I love, I think teachers are so awesome and they when they incorporate these things. Right. It's so helpful. The kids helpful. can learn way earlier in life yeah. instead of waiting to Yeah, and sometimes when they learn it them. from the teachers, it's a little different than when us parents are... <laughs> Right, over and over, teach it. Yes,
1: all this wisdom coming out of you.
0: Oh, uh, I know. Uh, yeah, right. Totally.
1: Maybe like some of the lessons you've learned that you could um, just offer people, maybe that are starting their own business or that feel stuck in whatever something they're doing. Yeah. That they're wanting to move onto a new, you know, chapter, chapter of their life. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I was actually. I'm really passionate about helping other women. Like start their own business if they if that's what they want to do. I was meeting with this young female entrepreneur. Well, she hadn't started her business yet, but just really smart young girl. Mm-hmm. I met with her. She was like, "Jessica, will you go to lunch with me? And I just want to bounce some ideas off of you." And this was like a couple months ago. And um, my business partner and I actually went with her. And she was like, "You know, I." I've been kind of thinking about starting a business, and I have a business card, and she had a name and everything, oh, and I'm cool. just like, why don't you just jump in? Like, yeah. Like you just need to go get a business license from Utah.gov mm-hmm. and you'll be on your way. And so she went and did it that day. Oh, you cool. know? And she's like got 50 million followers on TikTok and oh cool. she's just <laughs> yeah, this really awesome young girl that just needed a little you know a little push and she's just doing so well she started this little business and she's she's doing great and I think sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need like if it's another female or if it's just a friend yeah and you just need like somebody to help you just literally it was one sentence to push you in the right direction and kick you in the butt a little bit. Right. Whether it's reading Atomic Habits and following what it says, Mm. whether it's reading Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I love that book, Mm -hmm. and actually following what it says. Right. (laughs) You
1: know, it's just... Right. I feel like you giving her that advice was also... Probably for her, your your confidence in her. Yes, totally. Yeah. Like, you can do it, so go do it. Like, it's that simple. And...
3: Well, and I don't know if it's, like, that simple, but, like, I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan. Oh, I don't right. know if you listen oh. to Dave Ramsey's podcast, but he's always, like, start a side gig. If you're not sure if you can, like, do it yet financially, start a side gig until it becomes so profitable that you can quit your day job. Right. You know? I think... That's good advice because sometimes people can't quit their day job. I get that, but yeah, most people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe you yeah. can start a side gig, and if if it's your passion, and just until it becomes profitable enough, and then you yeah, your job, you know. Yeah, that's so smart.
0: That's awesome. Well, and I love. I don't know. I think it's really cool that you gave that girl because not to like, but going back to that, I think sometimes we all just need a little push from someone we trust and someone we respect. And it's like I have this idea, and I love to do this, but knowing. Like you telling me, I mean, I even actually remember me telling you about this podcast and you being so encouraging. And it did give me that little more confidence to be like, oh, okay, well. I can do this. There's yeah. what, yeah, we can do this. So it is like you're putting yourself out there, but I don't know, you turning your expertise and your gifts into like passing that along, you know, to someone else and, and helping them along in their journey, I just think is really cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, um, was there anything else that you would like to cover like in your story,
3: and your shifts, or... um? Yeah. Anything we didn't touch on yet that I would just say, like, don't give up and like stay positive. Um, I think all we I think a lot of people get really discouraged because they're not like doing everything all at once. But it's just like start with little goals and just like cross them off every day and do your best. Because like as long as you're doing your best every day, like that's all you can do. Right. Right. You're making progress. Yeah. 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 That's great. It's good to remember.
0: And then, um, last little question that we love to end on is how do you find beauty in life after going through this transition? Kind of tying in with our beautiful shifts theme.
3: Yeah, that's, that's an important one. I I try to slow down Yeah. (laughs) as much as it it is challenging as a female entrepreneur with three kids and a husband and, you know, life gets crazy, but I really do try to slow down and just enjoy the little stuff and live in the moment. Like I love Brené Brown Mm -hmm. a lot. And she talks about just like live in the moment. Like that's all we can control. She also talks about vulnerability and just like really sharing with people. Like if you're going through a hard time, like just help people understand, you know, so that they can help you through it. Like we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. Um, and we don't have to be perfect. Um, and I, I really do believe in slowing down though. And just like, I have a sauna at my house and like, just get by yourself for a little bit, like go meditate for like a half hour and just like be quiet and just listen to silence like I think we all get so caught up in like social media it's like if you need to do a social media fast or whatever it is it's just like there's so much coming at us with like the news and social media and comparison and all of this stuff like comparison is the thief of joy like we just need to focus on like what is my goal what is the goal for my family what is the mission for my family what's the mission for my business and like just stop comparing to everyone else you know Right. And like come back to ourselves and like this present moment and realize like how amazing this present moment is and be grateful for that.
0: Yeah, totally. I think it's good because when you say, um, it's funny because I think sometimes I think I'm going to have a moment alone, but I do often pull up my phone and scroll, but, but you say, put it down, go to the sauna, do whatever whatever you can do to, because that's yourself. true silence, right? Where <laughs> you're going to feel probably a lot more rejuvenated after you leave that that yeah. moment. So anyway, thanks for that reminder. That was really good. Yeah. That was, awesome. that was really good. <laughs> you want to yeah. share those? Oh yeah. Okay. So we want to have people
1: be able to follow you, get a hold of you, whatever they want to do. So you have the get above the mm-hmm. website. And then also on Instagram, get above the fold as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned that you're pretty active on LinkedIn under your name, which is Jessica.
0: Yeah. Chase. Yes. And is your personal account public too on there or? On On Instagram?
3: I'm thinking of... On Instagram, I think it's private. Oh, okay. But, I mean, people can follow me if they want. Right.
0: I was just going to say, you're really fun to follow. I love (laughs) Jessica because you post, like, fun pictures of your family, but you're always sharing, like, the kind of quotes. I'm like, we need to talk more because we're thinking on... We're on the same wavelength. The kind of quotes and things that you share and stuff. So, anyway, I love when people incorporate positive... Things into the world with their social media because I just feel like it's we all need it. I do <laughs> that on
3: LinkedIn too. Oh, cool! Um, but okay. it's, if they want to follow me on Instagram, it's just Jess Chase. Okay, so yeah, I think there's right. like yeah. underscore underscore Jess Chase yeah. or something. But yeah, yeah. So
0: look her up; she's great, and and we love you, Jessica. Thanks yeah. for Aww, coming. I mean, that was thank really you for great. It was fun me. to yeah, get to Cass. know you for yeah. sure. Yeah, so. yeah, it was way fun. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribe to the podcast and follow it along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with
0: our latest interviews.
2: We'd like to thank the band We
0: The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy.
2: I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own strength right in my bones
3: All I want is to believe
2: life is my own.